This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we begin our adventure in the Acts of the Apostles, starting off with the Ascension, then devoting themselves to prayer, Matthias chosen, Jesus pours out the Holy Spirit, and Joel's prophecy. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
Sends to heaven, hallelujah.
John, the 16th chapter. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves? What I meant by saying, A little while and you will see, not see me? And again, a little while and you will see me? Amen, amen, I say to you, You will weep and lament, But the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Amen, amen, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. reading from 1 Peter chapter 3. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, 
Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. O Lord, gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
grace, mercy, peace, and joy be unto you from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we focus on our gospel. A little while and you will not see me any longer, and again a little while and you will see me. Get me an epidural. In a tone of voice that I have not heard before or since, my wife looked directly me in the eye and told me in no uncertain terms, get me an epidural. It was our first child, James, who was graduating today. <laughs> told you I'd embarrass you a bit. <laughs> he was about to come into this glorious world. My wife was in a lot of pain. Up until that point, for a little while, things were going along swimmingly. But very quickly, her pain became excruciating. And being a good husband, a dutiful husband that always listens to his wife, I went and got the doctor. And the rest brings us to this point today. And by the way, I did get permission to use that story from my wife in case you were wondering. But pain in childbirth is part of the process. And our text certainly brings that to bear for all of us here today. But for those gathered here on this blessed and holy day, pastors, deaconesses, professors, family, and friends, as I'm fond to say at the beginning and end of every worship service, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There is a lot to rejoice in today. But our gospel reading takes place, as we are well aware, Jesus is in the upper room. He has just instituted the holiest of meals, the Holy Eucharist, the center of our worship. He had just washed the disciples' feet. He was about to make his way to the cross to die for the sins of the world. He was preparing them for what lay ahead. And so he said, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. Per usual, the disciples were slow to understand. They wondered what in the world Jesus meant. By, in a little while you won't see me, and in a little while you will see me. One of the professors I had at the seminary some 25 years ago, whose name will remain nameless, he taught in New Testament Greek, He's currently not here, but anyway. He was fond to say these words. The use of Greek in a sermon should be a bit like your underwear. Everyone should know that you use it, but no one wants to see it all the time. Not, not bad advice. But dear professor, I can't help myself today. For the word little while is pregnant with meaning, pun intended. The word is micron. We get the word microphone and microscope, and it's a unit of measure in the metric system. But in scripture, it can be used over, it is used over 45 times as in reference to space, age, quantity, rank, and for us here this morning, time. But back to our text, to help the disciples to understand, Jesus spoke about a woman whose little time, or micron, of labor gave way to the birth of her child. And she no longer remembers the anguish and the little time because of the joy of the baby being born into the world. The pain as excruciating and agonizing as it was during her little time fades away. For those of us who are living in the 21st century, our challenges and struggles are mounting. Our little whiles at times don't seem all that little or all that short. For women whose labor lasts a long time certainly know what I'm talking about. It seems like it goes on at times forever and ever. All of us gathered here today are experiencing our little whiles. 
On the outside, we may be doing quite well or want to make that appearance. But in reality, sin has wreaked havoc in a variety of ways in our lives. We're going through periods of tribulation, periods of struggle. What is your little while? Maybe it's a debilitating health situation. Maybe it's a relationship challenge. Maybe you're dealing with a job loss. Everyone has their periods of difficulty, their little whiles. And while you're going through these little whiles, it might seem like Jesus is nowhere to be found. Jesus says, truly I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful. We're soon to be pastors present here and deaconesses among you. You have chosen a noble task. Serving Christ in your positions and vocations is a blessed and high calling. You are stewards of the mysteries of Christ. You are privileged to preach and to teach God's word, administer the sacraments, visit your members in sickness and in health, work with young and old. You will marry and bury your members among so many other blessed things. Having served in the office now for 25 years, I can tell you, there's nothing better. It is truly a remarkable position. But rest assured, to be honest, it sounds somewhat ominous, but it is true, Eumikros is coming. Your little while of suffering, affliction, and uncertainty, and pain and doubt is on its way. And it will come at you in waves, and it will threaten at times to wash you away. And Jesus will nowhere, seem nowhere to be seen. To say that the world will hate you is an understatement. The world will despise you in many and various ways. Martin Luther was fond of speaking about his little wiles, called them his Infektungen. I'm not, I am German, but my German not so good. But his spiritual afflictions were a part of his life. He said so great and so much like hell that no tongue could adequately express them, no pen describe them, no one who had himself experienced them could not believe them. And so great were they that if I had been sustained or had lasted for half an hour, even for one-tenth of an hour, I would have perished completely, and all my bones would have reduced to ashes. At such a time, God seems so terribly angry, and with him the whole creation. At such a time, there is no flight, no comfort within or without, but all things accuse. In this moment, it is strange to say the soul cannot believe that it will ever be redeemed. That is how sin will wreak havoc at times in your life. And yet, and yet, Luther's little wiles his times of suffering, affliction, tentatio, were crucial to him. Why? Because they drove him into the scriptures, and the scriptures drove him to Christ. And in the scriptures and in his word, there is joy because Christ is present there. And that's where we find Christ. He is present where he says he will be present. And so again, I say these blessed words, truly I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. Let me say that again. Your sorrow will turn to joy. What is Jesus saying? No matter how bad things get, no matter how intense the pain or suffering might be, no matter how awful your life is at the moment, Christ is ever present with you. You are a baptized child of God, and your suffering serves a purpose. In a recent lectionary podcast, Dr. David Scare quotes another of my former professors, Dr. Defner, just throwing names out here. <laughs> he said these words, you may not always be in control on earth, and so often you are not, but in heaven, God is in control all the time. Christ, who ascended into heaven, rules from his throne. The ascended Christ rules through his blessed word and sacraments. He rules through the church. God works in the little whiles for you. 
He shows over and over again that he works through tragedy and sorrow to being triumph and victory. God has been at work in your life through your little whiles, just as he was. Through the little while between his upper room as he made his way to the Garden of Gethsemane, as he was arrested, tried, crucified on Calvary's cross for you and for me. And as he was placed in that borrowed tomb, it was a little while until, of course, he rose from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. But you preach Christ crucified. You preach about Jesus who loves you. For it was at the cross Jesus came to make right what was horribly gone wrong. At the cross Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and forgotten. Not just for a little while, but forever and ever and ever. At the cross of Jesus, his disciples didn't see him, but in a short time, they saw him again. And then in this blessed place, Christ continues to be seen for those who have eyes to see. But in God's good time, the hour comes for our little whiles to be birthed into something good. Just as the little whiles of delivery bring something great, new life into the world. So God works through labor pains over and over and over again. In fact, again in the waters of baptism, he worked through the labor pain of Christ's death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. We are reborn into a baptismal life in the church through the womb of the water and the word joined together. And one day the hour will come, we'll experience the little while labor pain of death, but thanks be to God, we will be birthed through the womb of death and the grave to our joyous new life that awaits us for eternity. This is how God works. He works in the little whiles and he brings us joy. Over 30 years ago, my father-in-law passed away. It was a painful little while experience for our family. But through that laborious time, God was at work. And here, it brought me by God's grace. The same is said for our son graduating 11 years ago, James Allen Haugen III. My father passed away, and it was a little labor, a painful little while labor experience. But through that, many professors and pastors were ga gathered here today, were gathered at that service in Columbia City. And it was that experience that brought James to this place, thanks be to God. And so this birthing process will continue. Little whiles will be at times intense, but God will work. George Bernard Shaw said these amazing words. The true joy of life is being used for a purpose. Instead of a feverish, selfish little clod of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy, I'm of the opinion that my life belongs, and we would say, to the church. And as long as I live, it is my privilege to do for it what I can. I want to be thoroughly used up when I die. I rejoice in life for its own sake. Life is no brief candle to me. It is sort of a splendid torch which I have got hold of at the moment and want to make it burn as brightly as possible before handing it to the future generations. Dear friends in Christ, the candle of Christ burns brightly in this place. And it burns because Christ has died, has rose again, and has ascended into heaven. Never take for granted the opportunity that the study you have at this fine institution and what God has in mind for you in the future. May that fire of Christ burn in you. Thanks be to God that he uses our little whiles for our good. Suffering leads to perseverance, perseverance leads to character, character leads to hope. And I will add joy as well. The world owes you nothing. In fact, you don't want anything from the world anyway. But Christ has given you everything. Your life belongs to Christ and to his church, and you would have it no other way. And so may you joyfully and fearfully, fearlessly serve. 
and let the burning torch of Christ burn, burn, burn brightly in you during your little while that you are here until you are birthed into the new heavens and new earth. In Jesus' name, amen.
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, as your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, ascended into the heavens, so may we also ascend in heart and mind and continually dwell there with him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord God, you are the maker and preserver of all things. Guard and keep our graduates as they go forth from this place into your harvest field. Defend them from all adversity and grant them the protection of your holy angels that they may serve you faithfully all their days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, you led your holy apostles to ordain pastors in every place. Under the guidance of your Holy Spirit, continue to raise up suitable men for the ministry of word and sacrament, and bless all pastors of our church, especially the alumni of this seminary, that through their faithful service your kingdom may be extended. Through him who is the chief shepherd of our souls, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, as by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new to us every morning, and though we in no wise deserve your goodness, you abundantly provide for all our wants of body and soul. Give us, we humbly pray, your Holy Spirit, that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness toward us, give thanks for all your benefits, and cheerfully serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Welcome to Concordia Theological Seminary on this wonderful day as we celebrate not just a graduation and not even just a commencement, a beginning, but we celebrate these people and the wonderful work that they have done and the marvelous way they have contributed to our life together and will continue to do so. Uh, Pastor Haugen, you're a brave man. Uh, even getting a wife's permission for that kind of story is uh, really something. But what a marvelous word. What a marvelous sermon. God does use the little whiles for our good. And for you all, it might have seemed like a long way away a few years back. And now maybe that time's compressing a little bit and you think, boy, that went quickly. It's just the beginning. And God is preparing you for great things in service in his name. And we are so proud of you and thankful for you and the work that you'll be doing in his name as pastors, deaconesses, leaders in the church. Uh, we're deeply, deeply thankful. 
We're also deeply thankful for those who maybe thought it was just a little while ago that they graduated. Several of our alums, and we're looking at, at men who've graduated on the threes and the eights this year, stretching back to one of our alums who graduated in 1953, who is with us here. 70 years. That doesn't seem like a little while, but I bet for Gil, he can still remember that day well. Brothers, if you would be so kind as to rise so that we can recognize your service and thank you for all you've done for Christ and his kingdom. I always remind myself and I remind my brothers on the faculty, what we do is one step back from the real thing. We prepare and we send out prepared servants of Christ who will teach the faithful, reach the lost and care for all. They have done this for years and have had an impact in people's lives that cannot be measured and you all will do the same. This is the promise of our Lord to be faithful to his people, to build and nurture his church, and to provide servants who preach the word, administer the sacraments, and those also who offer their service in works of mercy. We are blessed, and we are overjoyed that you join our ranks in this service. But you're not quite done. There's a little more to go, a commencement this afternoon. And before that, a rehearsal, so stay put. Your families will be trying to drag you out of the place very quickly. I know you have other plans. The quicker you address these things with Dr. Gieschen, the more quickly you'll be able to get gathered together with your family. So patience and families, go away. <laughs> That will keep things a little cleaner. Not too far. Maybe just over here. It's not raining at this point. We're thankful for that. And enjoy the beautiful day as they take care of a little bit of business and then you gather together once more to enjoy the events that are before us uh, and uh, things like the organ recital later this afternoon and, of course, commencement at 4 p.m. So uh, keep that in mind. Enjoy the day. Rejoice, again, as Pastor Haugen reminded us. And in all things, give thanks to our gracious Lord Christ, just as we give thanks for you. We rise for the hymn to depart. Mm -hmm. 